Welcome back to The Human Exception. This week, we have a very special guest, Courtney Dossett, a marine biologist and all-around awesome nerd. She's going to tell us all about those adorable sea creatures that we all know and love and why they're actually horrifying monsters. Content warning, though, there will be discussions of animal hunting and aggressive mating behaviors. And of course, don't forget the foul language. So let's get ready for another Human Exception. Uh, open up Audacity and do a backup recording. Mm-hmm. Already cool. doing it. Perfect. You're on it. <laughs> You're used to dealing with our bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome back to the Human Exception. And this week we have a very special guest. Aww. Courtney. Hello. I took a sip of coffee at the wrong time. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> I just do the intro at random points. So. Yeah, we don't even okay. get a warning anymore. Okay. So fast news. This is how we roll. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, so Courtney, do you want to tell us a bit about who you are, what you do, and why you're here? <laughs> um, my name is Courtney Dossett, technically. Um, technically <laughs> is not my last name. Dossett is technically my last name. Um <laughs> And I am uh, a marine biologist. I have a bachelor's of science from the Evergreen State College with a focus on marine biology because we don't do majors there. Um, and I'm here to talk about uh, cute things that do terrible things and weird things that are actually pretty cool. Dope. I love yeah. that. I love that. That's the, yeah. that's the most succinct, like... Oh, thank you. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. Yeah, so, Courtney was um, like, hey, if you ever want me to come on and talk about fish stuff, just let me know. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, yeah, come on. Yes. <laughs> um, I think I was doing my research, and um, when I finished, I looked, and I noticed that all of the animals that do terrible things are, like, lovable, um, very charismatic mammals which is not my specialty uh and all of my weirdos that i love are all like weird fish and invertebrates mostly invertebrates um which is my jam so uh i definitely have a bias um although i do love <laughs> all of the weird mean animals that we're talking about mean in quotation marks animals that we're talking today so um but like one thing i do want to say is that um the reason why we're saying that these animals are like quote unquote bad or whatever is because we're assigning human morality to them. So um, there is going to be talk of animal hunting behaviors that may be upsetting to some people and some uh, what they deem aggressive sexual behaviors. Um, so if that might be upsetting to you, like maybe don't listen to the first half <laughs> or I could talk about the weirdos first. Um, but yeah, so 
Uh, but yeah, like I said, so like we're saying these things are bad, but that's because like we don't want people to do those things. But animals don't have the same culture that we have because yes, these animals do have some kind of culture, and uh, so like it's it's animal behavior, but it's only bad animal behavior because we're people looking at it. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So um, yeah. So Holly wanted me to talk about orcas. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I knew that was a double-edged sword, so I was like, yes. I know. <laughs> I do love orcas. Orcas are, like, a big deal. I grew up in Alaska, so they're a big deal where I grew up. Um, and I grew up, like, occasionally seeing them from a boat, which is always exciting. Um, so I've I've actually, like, seen these guys in the wild. I've actually never seen an orca in captivity, which don't belong there. Um, but they're pretty amazing. Uh, where I'm from... The first peoples call them um, sea wolves, which is pretty apt. They do live in pods, not packs. Um, they're found all over the world in every single ocean. And they have special territory, like not special, but like certain territories will belong to certain pods. Um, and then depending on where those territories are, they'll have favorite foods depending on what's available. And then because they have, they basically eat everything, like name an animal that goes in the water and an orca has tried to eat it. Um, <laughs> they've never attacked humans in the wild. The only time orcas have ever attacked and killed people has been in captivity. Um, really? There's never that, been, like, you know, there's wandering on, like, calves nope. or something? No. Nope. nope. They're curious about people. Um, and they'll come investigate you if you're, like, on a surfboard or a paddleboard or something. But they've never attacked humans in the wild. They might come like bump your boat or like check you out, but they've never they've never like drowned you or anything like that. Whereas in captivity, um, there have been um, cases of them killing their trainers. Um, Just the sea world is the only place this happens, right? And that could be partly because they're bored. It could be because the trainers were mistreating them. Um, but like, like these animals have huge ranges, and you're putting them in a swimming pool. So, like, what do you expect? Um, yeah, and like, um, I think a lot um, of the cases as well are is purely accidental. It's like you know, if you have big cats or something, uh, you know, yeah, they're gonna play with you, but their strength is completely well, rid ridiculous. This was like like the case that I'm thinking of was like actually like they purpose like it was a, a multiple attempt situation. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, it was quote unquote an accident or like a bad behavior, and then like they kept going after that like for different shows and eventually the oh, yeah. the animal did kill the person but that's because again like like think about it like if put it in this terms like if if you think about it if we put you in a bedroom and you were never allowed to leave that bedroom and occasionally someone would come visit you and bring you food and like play with you but like you spent your whole life in that bedroom how happy are you gonna be right <laughs> yeah um, and that's like a big thing. Um, I know that Canada has recently uh, made it illegal for cetaceans, which are whales and dolphins, to be in captivity, which I think is lovely. Um, I, the only time I advocate for animals like that to be in captivity are in cases where like they wouldn't survive in the wild. Um, there is a dolphin at the Vancouver Aquarium where that's the case. Um, and they take really good care of her. Um, and she seems very happy. She gets lots of interaction. Totally fine with that. Um, but other than that, like, they don't belong at SeaWorld. Anyway, I'm way off topic. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing on this show. <laughs> yeah. 
it's also something that I'm very passionate about. Um, I love aquariums and I love zoos and I think that they're really important for education and conservation. But when it comes to like making sure that they're properly equipped, like it's kind of a shit show. Anyway, <laughs> I could talk about that for like a whole episode. Yeah, that's another episode. Um, <laughs> So oct back to orcas, I almost said octopus. Orcas, <laughs> um, like I said, they eat pretty much anything. Um, all of them regularly eat things like fish, seals, sea lions, squid. Um, they're known to eat sea turtles. They eat birds. Um, there are pods that are um, that regularly kill and eat great white sharks. Holy um, shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, they love to kill them, and then they'll just eat the livers because they're really, really nutrient-dense, and then they'll leave the rest of the shark. Um, and there's actually been, like, patterns of behavior where, like, this will happen to one shark, and then scientists can't find any great white sharks in that area, like, a large area, for a long time after that because the sharks are, like, traumatized slash the don't want to die. Message. Yeah. Yeah. Work um, that out. <laughs> yeah. Um, they have also been observed to kill and eat deer and moose. Um, because what? Yep. Because uh, what will happen is they'll travel between islands or like from a coastal region like the Vancouver area over to the island here on Vancouver Island. Um, and they'll swim. And as they're swimming, like the orcas will kind of figure out that, hey, this thing is edible. And they will drown them and then eat them. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they also regularly kill and eat um, smaller tooth whales, uh, other dolphins and porpoises, um, pretty much anything that they can uh, eat um, that's around and that they've got like developed a taste for, they'll, they'll eat. And like I said, though, the only thing that I haven't had any records of is them killing and eating humans in the wild. Um, so yeah. with them eating sea turtles and stuff, like, are they able to like destroy the shells? Like, is their jaw strength that strong? You know, I'm not sure. Like, I didn't really look into the sea turtle orca thing because I was just like, oh, yeah, I've seen them do that. <laughs> um, I think what they might do is one, they'll drown it because sea turtles are also um, water breathing. So they'll like take turns. They hunt together. So they'll like take turns, like whacking things to break them. <laughs> I don't know another way of saying that. <laughs> so they'll use like their fluke to. Um, smash onto that creature, and they're big, big animals. Um, so they'll do that, and then a lot of the time they will um drown them if they can. Like they can't drown fish, obviously. Um, <laughs> you can drown a shark. Uh, if you keep a shark from moving, it'll drown. Um, or if you flip it upside down, it'll drown. Um, if you flip it upside down, yeah. So uh, sharks have this uh thing where um. When you flip them upside down, they kind of go in a catatonic state. It's kind of like when you grab a kitten by the scruff. <laughs> and <laughs> best way I can think of saying it. So they'll kind of go into this catatonic state, but they need to constantly move water over their gills to breathe. And they can't do that if they're like being held upside down. And so they'll drown. Wow. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Cool stuff, right? Um dope. Yeah. So with like the turtles, I don't know if they're biting through the shell or if they're just like Orcas have this um, feeding behavior that they do. Uh, they'll, like, again, content warning if you're sensitive to animal harm. Uh, they will take seals and, like, throw them up in the air um, or other small animals and, like, like tens of feet in the air. And then when they smack the water, that's a lot of 
like Ooh. damage that's Pressure, done, like yeah. fall damage. Think about yeah. that fall damage. And um, <laughs> fall damage. <laughs> fall damage. And so they'll actually just like pulverize their food. Wow. Um, so I'm not sure if they'll like um yeah, they'll they can they can really do some damage. Um so I'm not sure if they're like breaking the shell that way or if they have a bite strength or if they're just basically like eating the parts that come out of the shell because sea turtles can't withdraw into their shell. Mm. So their their heads and their flippers are always out. So I don't know if they're just like eating the parts that are out and calling it a day. Um <laughs> but yeah, I could do like I can look that up and like have some resources for later. Um <laughs> But yeah, they have a lot of a lot of specialized hunting techniques. So there's the one where they'll like catch it and then they'll play with it afterward. Usually for like half an hour before they stop and like just finished eating, or like sometimes they'll just leave part of the kill behind if it's not worth it to to try and eat it. Um, but with things like uh, seals, because it's one of their favorite prey worldwide, um, they have at least three techniques that I know about. Um, one of them is called washing. So in the Arctic and Antarctic, uh, seals will try and escape from uh, orcas by jumping on an ice flow. And so what the orcas will do is they will rush the flow and create a wave, like a little tsunami, (laughs) and try to wash the seal back into the water so they continue to chase it. So they can either chase it to um, one of their pod mates to catch or just chase that thing until it's exhausted and can't run anymore, swim anymore, uh, and then eat it. Uh, another one that they do is called rushing. So they'll chase prey towards land, and they do this with fish too. Um, so like with fish, what will happen is they'll chase the fish into the shallows until it can't like fish anymore, and then it'll try and go back into the open water, and then they'll catch it. Um, and then with things like... Um, like seals and sea lions, what that will happen, or even dolphins, the same kind of situation. They'll like try, they'll get beached and then the orcas eat them. <laughs> um, but with seals, what they'll do is they'll kind of, they can't go on land very well. They're like, um, it's like when I try to do Pilates, you know, you're just kind of like lolling on the ground and you don't move very well and you're not very coordinated. Same thing with seals. They just kind of like slug around. <laughs> And so when they do that transition from the water where they're pretty fast to the land, they slow down and then orcas can grab them. Um, And some orcas have actually been found to like partially beach themselves, which is kind of risky, uh, in order to grab seals that are on land that are just a little too close to the water because they think Mm. they're safe. Um, Yeah. So orcas are like straight up apex predators. Uh, I don't know of anything that like preys on them like probably calves and stuff yeah um i'm sure sharks will take advantage of that and stuff but like a full-grown orca i don't know of anything that tries to fuck with that <laughs> i wouldn't fuck with that they're huge oh, no. they're huge yeah they're how amazing. many yeah, I, I love them how many orcas are in a pod um it depends on the pod and like where the orca pod lives um, but generally, they have like up to thirty individuals, and they're Holy a matriarchal sh- society. Shit. Yeah, and it might be that like like I don't I don't think that like all thirty will always go hunting together. So you're not gonna have like thirty orcas like fucking chasing down to one seal. I think they <laughs> kind of break off into like hunting parties. Sure. And like I said, like like cetaceans and pinnipeds are like not my jam. Like I don't 
I don't do a lot of research into them. I've I got really into invertebrates and like never crawled my way out. Um, but like, you know, I know a little bit from like growing up because everybody loves whales growing up. I think I hope I hope everybody loves whales. If you don't love whales growing up, like I don't have much hope <laughs> for you liking anything in the water. Like cause they're. Like whales and seals and otters are the ones that everybody's like, oh, they're so cute and they're so pretty and they're so awesome. And like, if you can't love on a whale, like, what hope does a sea slug have, guys? That's amazing. Oh, I love it. So that's all I had on orcas. Did anyone have any other questions? I, I... I would like to see one, but I also am deathly scared of the water. So this is like a oh, problem no, for me. Like, <laughs> like so um like going on like a whale tour boat is super chill and like you don't even have to like touch the water. Is that actually that brings up a uh, a question I have always had. Are those things okay to go? So there on? are there are a lot of regulations when it comes to things like uh, whale tours. There are rules about how close you can get to the animals um, mm-hmm. and rules about, like, chasing them. So, like, if you're on a whale tour, like, let's say you go, you just, like, you fucking fly to the coast and you're like, I'm doing it. Um, if you notice that you are, like, chasing them down for a long period of time, that's probably not, like, a chill. Okay. <sighs> one and you might want to like check with somebody or like check your local regulations but yeah um in general yeah it's a great idea um they don't always just talk about like they don't just go out and be like we're gonna go hunt down some whales today they'll be they all talk to each other and they'll be like okay well like we saw a pod over here we saw so-and-so over there um but they'll also take take you to places where like you can see birds and you can see other animals and they talk about a lot of the time they'll have like a biologist on board which is like my dream job um and you can chat with them and they'll tell you whatever you want to know and like point out little weird things and if you want to make a biologist day ask them what their favorite thing is and then ask them everything about it um because they will go on for days (laughs) if you want to start a fight with biologists ask them about taxonomy oh (laughs) which came first the jellyfish or the sponge and people will lose their minds (laughs) i love it oh my god Fernie, which came first i don't care (laughs) jellyfish are not my jam it's super funny because like my favorite professor at evergreen is like one of the foremost researchers on soft-bodied like plankton like jellyfish um and and he loves them but like I just they're just not my animal. <laughs> Jellyfish and I did a lot of work with um sea anemones. They're related, they're in the same um phyla. And I just they're just not for me. I like them. I enjoy being around them, but I don't I got like I we did an experiment and it took three days and it was twelve hours of lab work every day. And um I couldn't look at them for a while after that. So that's how you know that that's not what you want to study. What was this experiment? Um, we were, so there's a, an anemone called the cloning anemone. Okay. Or the colonizing anemone. It's native to the Pacific Northwest. Um, you'll see them when you look on, 
on low tide on the beach, you'll see them. They look like a bunch of little donuts in the sand. Um, one of my one of my preschoolers told told me that I could see donuts, and I was like, "This is amazing!" And I love you. Um, but what they do is they have a symbiotic um, algae that lives inside of them. Um, so what happens is the algae is protected by the anemone because it's a rocky. They live in like rocky areas, and it's really like rough um and so they have them inside of their cells and then what happens for the anemone is that they get um food from the algae so you can actually what we did was we starved we had a control group a starved group and then a group that we fed manually Mm -hmm. um and the one we fed manually we kept in the dark so that way that their algae wouldn't be able to photosynthesize and then we measured their um, respiration rate to see how much energy they were using to see, like, which was better. The partially photosynthesis, partially being fed, just photosynthesis or just being fed. Um, and so we had to do a lot of work in a cold room. <laughs> um, it was a lot. It was really cool. Uh, I have the write-up still from class. Uh, I did it with my best friend. It was really cool. It was our first experiment together. It was a lot oh. of fun. But yeah, is there I is there like an ethical concern about starving? Well, we uh, weren't actually starving them. So what they were is they were because we knew already and we had like prior research. Because you don't just go into an experiment with like no prior research. So we had prior oh, research <laughs> to show that this was true, right? Or you have a yeah. theory that it's true. Um. So, like, for us, no, there was no ethical concerns. There are rules, but, like, um, for invertebrates, uh, the the industry standard is that they cannot feel pain. Um, and, like, people will tell you that's not true. I don't think that's true. Um, but, like, there, there's, like, a, an amount of okayness to killing some of your animals. Like, um, I have had to euthanize... Uh, an anemone before for uh, dissection, which is probably mm. the most traumatizing thing I did. Uh. Mm. Um, and it didn't, it kept reacting. Cause like, how do you tell when an anemone is dead, right? It's really hard. And I like checked with my professor and he said it was fine. But like, it kept reacting to the scalpel. It was very upsetting. Oh my uh, God, and it doesn't have a brain per se. And like, I don't know, but like, there's something about like, flesh retracting from your scalpel that's really upsetting so i would yeah. never do that again it it weighs on me um but yeah there's there's a lot of like we had a whole discussion about that too in class was like pain is something that we associate with being hurt but it's also kind of a human construct so can animals have something that's a human construct so I don't know. It's it's a big ethical thing. I yeah. I stick to industry standards and like do my best research and follow my heart. <laughs> Usually my heart is like please don't blend that in a blender. It makes me sad. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, no, that was really like the the anemone thing was really hard. And it, you know some people are like it's an anemone, but like I don't know. Yeah. My snail is really sick right now and I'm really sad about it. So Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, we got super off topic, but that's okay. Sonic is super like I don't know what happened to him. We've checked all our water levels; they're all good. 
I even checked like specialty ones like copper and my copper levels are fine because I thought he had copper poisoning. That's not the case. Um, but he won't eat. And Do you want to explain who Sonic is and the situation? Oh, Sonic is my giant blue mystery snail. Um, and I love mystery him. snail is its technical name. Just so you know. Yep. He, yep. That's what they call them. I don't have his scientific name on hand. They have one. Um, but I love him and he's named Sonic because he goes really fast and he usually zooms around my tank. And I like to watch him like he has a little they have a, a rough tongue. It's basically like a little scrapey bone called a radula. And you can see it when he's eating on the side of the tank and it brings me joy. Um, he lives with my Cory catfish named Spot after the cat from Star Trek and my beta professor. But he's really sick right now, and I don't know why. And it's really sad. And, like, I've had to, um, like, I've been contemplating having to put him down, which I'd have to do myself. So, yeah, it's a rough time. But, like, that's my responsibility as a pet owner is to make sure that they're not suffering. Because, like, I don't want him to starve to death. That's a long, drawn-out death he doesn't oh, need. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so hard to gauge with a snail, like, what the yeah. situation is. Yeah, well, like, he hasn't eaten in a while, but, like, he still reacts to stimulus, so, like, he'll close up his, they have a part of their shell called the operculum, which is the part that's on the outside when they they close up, um, and he'll still close that up, and then he'll kind of, like, partially open, but his foot is all wavy and weird, and occasionally he'll, like, extend his siphon or, like, put his antennae out, but I don't know. I go back and forth. So, like, I don't have to think about that today, but, like, maybe next week it will be time. And it's just sad. And then I have to decide if I want to get a snail again, because I don't know that my tank can take it. Maybe that's where the problem is, but, um, because I have a small tank on my desk. But, yeah. I don't know. It'll be okay. He's also baby, really Baby big. snails, so. <laughs> yeah, he's also really big, so it could also just be, like, end of lifetime for him. Um, but we'll see. Like, I haven't had him. I think I've only had him for two or three months, but, um, yeah. The fish check in on him. And, like, make sure he's doing okay. Yeah, like, Professor Pasolt, my my beta, will come down and, like, sit with him. I don't think, I don't know. Like, I can't know that they have, like, emotional attachment to one another. But, like, he'll come and sit with him down at the bottom of the tank, which he normally doesn't do. Um, I have, like, a very caring beta, which is pretty sweet. He also plays with the Cory catfish, um, which is really cute. <laughs> so, yeah, I I love I love if you can like know like I love keeping animals in tanks like this and like making sure they have their best life. My beta has a seven gallon tank. I bought him friends to like keep him company and make me happy. So <laughs> we take good care of them. Yeah, this is our um, fish life, Allie. <laughs> Yeah, like this the is fish, I could yeah. talk. I could talk about my 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 seven gallon tank for an hour, but you know. Yeah, I've been recently updating Hallie on all the stuff that's been happening with our tank. <laughs> she's I like, learned so, so much. much going on. <laughs> she's I, like, I don't know how she gets so much. <laughs> well, and and with aquarium keeping like so much of it is made up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like there's not like a standard. You can't go get like. There is no one manual for how to set up a tank and what to do. Uh, it's kind of like fuck around and find out. 
maybe it's after kind many of like its own like independent science in a way, just because like the people who are figuring it out are hobbyists. Yeah, well, and no then like, studying hob- them otherwise. <laughs> ask different hobbyists, like ask old school hobbyists what kind of filtration system is best for a tank, and then ask a new person, and you'll get a fight. It's great. Like <laughs> there are people who are diehard sub substrate filter people and there are like people like me where i prefer to have my filter up top and then there are people who are like filters are wrong and you should have like a enclosed system that takes care of itself it's a whole thing yeah, nerding hard. business yeah <laughs> um but what about dolphins though yeah what about dolphins um so i think everybody knows about dolphins flipper that's another there's like another dolphin that's really famous. Anyway, mm. there's movies about them. They're cute. They like play and everybody loves them, but they're straight up fucking perverts. Um <laughs> and you can't change but actually I think dolphins specifically are my least favorite marine creature. They creep me out. They, they are garbage. No no what I knowing what I know about them, they creep me the fuck out. <laughs> right. So like Again, we're assigning human morality to this animal, but um, they, like, will commit basically what amounts to rape within their own species. So, like, gangs of male dolphins will um, isolate a female from everybody else and then beat her with their tails and then force her to mate with them for weeks at a time. And, like, there's some argument, because I was looking at the paper about this, there's some argument that this isn't necessarily rape and that we are assigning human morality to this animal and that it's just a mating behavior, but it's probably one of, like, the most aggressive, harmful ones that I've seen. Now, and, like, okay. I look up weird things, so. I guess the question is, is um, do we have any idea of how the female reacts to this or feels about this? Well, like, they'll try and swim away, right? So they'll try and swim away, and they'll try and escape, and they'll be, like, cornered and corralled by these male dolphins. And, like, I don't think any animal likes being hit. No. Generally, no. I mean, I'm not going to yuck your yum, but, like, <laughs> generally, <laughs> generally, they don't like that. Um, they've also been found to be sexually, what they call sexually aggressive towards humans. So, um, there's like urban legends type situations where people will be like, yeah, I've been raped by a dolphin or like a dolphin attempted to rape me. And like, some people are like, that's not really possible because of, um, anatomy and blah, blah, blah. But there are studies where like they have found, like they've tried to find the best way for controlled human interaction with dolphins because like everybody loves to go to the everybody some people love to go to those like dolphin experiences where you can sit in the water with the dolphins and the dolphins will like swim with you so they have two different ways that they generally do that one is a controlled one where the the trainers are right in there too and they're doing tricks and keeping the dolphins kind of occupied and then there's one that's more of like an open swim where they're just kind of monitoring the dolphins and then there's like free interaction between the swimmers and the dolphins. And what they found is usually within those free swim situations, there's a higher incidence of what they call sexually aggressive behavior where dolphins will try and mount people. Dolphins will have erections. Dolphins will like try and put their faces in your crotch. 
So like <laughs> dolphins are just horny as hell. Yeah. They are. They're they're very sexually aggressive towards pretty much anything. Um they also do things like so there's also she's a whole episode, but the dolphin fucker lady. Do you guys know about yeah, that? Yeah. 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 So the dolphin oh, fucker yeah. lady, which is a whole nother like episode on its own. And if you want me to come back and do that, I totally will. Oh, I've, um, wanted, I've wanted to cover that in the show. So if you want to come in and talk about it, that'd be great. Oh, hell yeah. Because yeah. there's like a lot of. Huh? <laughs> yeah, we're we're talking about this like casually, like we already know about it. And Hallie's like, what no the fuck is going on? There's a woman that lived with a dolphin. And... <laughs> so there was like a really bad. Ex- I'll just do like the, the five second one. So there was a really terrible experiment done with dolphins trying to. They were trying to. The experiment itself was questionable. They were trying to, like, figure out how to engage in dolphin-human communication. And so the scientist, who was all hopped up on LSD, hired a lady, just, like, a random girl, no scientific background, to come in and work with these dolphins to try and establish some way of communication. And, um, like, beyond the settings being questionable and the science being bad, like, she was giving the dolphin hand jobs. Uh, I okay. <laughs> yep. So again, a whole other episode, uh, a whole other thing. Um I'm sorry yeah, she, you know about that now. She oh um God. found that the, dol- the dolphin wouldn't like focus if it was too horny, so she had to give it hand jobs. Which is I, uh, not true. Right? There's again a whole other thing. So dolphins are <laughs> terrible. Um, another common thing that will happen, so like when the males want a female to go back, like to go into heat or to mate with her, um, I'm just gonna like completely gloss over the rest of that. Whenever they want to mate with that female, if she has a calf, she doesn't want to mate because she's got like a baby to take care of. So what they'll do is they'll kill the baby in order to mate with her. And this behavior is also found in oh other my animals. God. <laughs> so like male lions will do the same thing, right? Um, and I think some primates do it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in, like part of it is like, is that my baby? I don't know. I don't want it to survive. I want my genes to survive. Also, I want to have sex with this lady. So <laughs> bye bye, baby. Um, and they also have mur- 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 they also have murdered porpoises. That's really hard to say for no reason at all. They just kill each other for just yep. fun. They'll just kill, like, well, yeah. So porpoises are uh, another toothed whale, um, and they'll like separate a, mo- a baby from its mother, and then like feed it and drown it and tear it apart, and then just leave it. They aren't eating it. Um, yeah, they're just killing it to kill it. Eight dolphins? No, dolphins yeah, are dolphins assholes. Are, no, they're yep. the worst. They're yeah. Uh, I don't have like. I, like every other animal that I know of, I can like kind of separate that behavior. I've never really loved dolphins. And like I said, dolphins are definitely my least favorite. So dolphins are dicks. <laughs> Legit. Um, yeah. The last cuddly friend that I'm going to talk about um are sea otters. <laughs> Who doesn't love a sea otter? They hold hands when they sleep. Like a mommy and a baby will hold hands. And they wrap themselves in kelp so they don't drift away. And they're very cute. Um, they're a member of the weasel family. Uh, I think they're the largest member of the weasel family. 
Um, uh, was the Amazon uh, otter part of that same family? How big is an Amazon otter? They're the biggest otters. They're the... I can't remember what they're called. The great otters or something like that. The giant otter. They are huge. They're massive. And they're terrifying. Are they? I haven't oh seen my one. God. Giant river yeah. otter. Yeah. They look so like, like old men. River oh, otters, yeah. No, adorable. Fucking the giant otter in the Amazon is a fucking monster. <laughs> He's six feet long. So, um... Sea otters are like four feet long and they weigh like 50 to 100 pounds um depending on the species and depending on its male or female so yeah they're probably i don't know if they weigh more than the other otter but i feel like if you were six feet long you have more mass so you, i, I imagine so like yeah they're they're beasts like yeah they terrify me giant um the first question i see on google is do giant otters eat humans I wouldn't be surprised if they found a dead human. I think they would eat it. Oh yeah. Uh, most most things, if they found a dead human, would eat it if it was fresh enough. That's true. Um. So there are three subspecies of sea otter. There's the Asian sea otter, the northern sea otter, and the southern sea otter. Um. The Asian sea otter lives in like Japan, Korea, China area. The northern sea otter is in the Pacific Northwest, and then the southern sea otter is from, like, mid-California to southern California. Um, and they're the smallest, I think. Um, and there's actually been, like, some transplanting going on between the northern sea otters and southern sea otters because they're trying to facilitate kelp forest growth in California. Because kelp forests are super important. Uh, and in that ecosystem of kelp forestness, which is huge and beautiful and amazing. Um, otters are what's called a keystone predator. So they keep um, sea urchins in check. Sea urchins are one of their favorite foods. They'll dive for them. They have a little rock on their tummy. They smash them open and eat them. Uni is probably delicious. Uh, I haven't eaten it, so I was going to say, but I don't know. Um, but kelp's really important for um, many different reasons. Like, people think seaweed is boring. It's actually pretty cool. Um, but they're important for, like, nurseries. So juvenile fish will live in there, which makes them an important hunting ground. Um, and they're also a huge carbon sink. Uh, kelp grows up to, like, like, bull kelp, I think it is, grows up to 45 meters long. So, like, 150 feet. Um, and it can grow up to 18 inches per day or 45 centimeters per day. Whoa. Yeah. They're That's fast growing. So think about it. If I'm growing 45 centimeters a day, how much carbon is in there? And so they can take carbon from the atmosphere and carbon from the water to help create what we call a carbon sink, <clears throat> which helps with global warming um, and ocean acidification. It's important oh, shit. Yeah. So they're really important. They also have like a bunch of other things. They're a huge source of food because they're photosynthesizing. Um, things eat the kelp, not just invertebrates, but I think there's some fish that eat it as well. Um, so they're really cool, really important, like protector kelp forest. If you ever get the chance to go check out a kelp forest and like, I know Monterey Bay has an amazing kelp forest exhibit and so does the Seattle Aquarium where you can just kind of see like, like I think when you go to the Seattle Aquarium, the first thing that you walk into is their kelp forest exhibit. And it's not as huge as the one in Monterey Bay. The one in Monterey Bay is like Monterey Bay itself is amazing. It's probably one of the coolest um, aquariums in the world. 
Um, but yeah, if you ever get the chance, like go check it out because it's cool. You're fine. No, excuse you. I'm busy. Thank you. You can come sit. The kitten is crying. Sorry. Jake left the room and he like he's got attachment stuff going on right now. I don't know why. Um, but like if one of us leaves the room, he starts crying. So I tried to distract him. He likes to watch the fish tank. He'll play with the fish. It's pretty cute. <laughs> so Spot will like Spot the catfish will like like swim around the front and then Titian, my kitten, comes over and like pats at him and they play tag. So Aww. it's pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, almost as cute as baby otters. Otters are really cute. I had a really hard time like hating on them. And this isn't even a really hate, but like looking at the the quote unquote terrible things they do. Um, because they also rape baby seals to death. Yep, there it is. There it is. Uh they'll drown them. Uh also like eleven percent of otter deaths have been found to be caused by quote mating related trauma. Oh, oh my God. Uh, yeah. So what happens Wait. during mating? <laughs> Go ahead. Oh no, I was just like, that's cool, cool story. Great. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened? I thought you said wait, and I was like, okay. So what happens Sorry. during mating? No, you're good. During mating, the male will bite the female on the face, which can cause yeah. severe injury and death. They'll also bite them on the nose. Um, so then they can't really breathe and then they die. Um, what? they've also been seen to drown females during sex. Um, and there have been observed times when they've continued to have sex with the corpse afterward. On multiple occasions. Like I'm assuming they're not doing this on purpose. No, they are. Oh, okay. killing them? Probably yeah. not. The having sex with the corpse, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. That defeats the purpose of biology and spreading your genes. That it's not yeah. gonna that doesn't work. Well, they're, they're mammals, so. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. So, um, I still really like otters, and they're still really important. But, you know, like, they do these things. And we're kind of like, why do you do these things? There's some theories as to why this stuff happens, where they, like, where, like, animals will go and try to have sex outside of their species. Because, obviously, like we were just saying, there's no genetic benefit from that. Um. And one of the ideas is that they are, like, there's not enough mate options for them. So they're just, you know, going for what they can because they're horny, basically. <laughs> but, I mean, people have also done terrible things to buddies and animals outside their own species. Yeah. Yeah. I was just getting a little traumatized. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, it, primates it's like stare. Intelligent mammals in general can be terrifying. Yeah. And like, it's not really clear as to why that happens. And it's a really interesting, like, from a research perspective. Like, personally, like, I don't want to research that. I want to go play with my slugs. But. Um, it would be an interesting thing to research. It's just like when you get into things like that, it's really hard to like one, these these things aren't happening all the time. Um, so it's not like you can just like watch it whenever you want to. You have to kind of like wait and see. The, the the instances of where this has been like monitored have been like like the 10% of otter deaths being found 
to mating relating trauma was one that was a study that was conducted over like 10 years. Um, wow. And it was all observation, right? So they were probably also running other studies at the same time and just observing that. And so they were like, hey, this is a paper. Let's go get published. Um, so like trying to find that and, and actually do it would be tricky. And then the other part of that is like, you don't want to, you can't really do that in an ethical sense. Like you can observe it and that's like outside of your control, but you can't do this in like controlled a way controlled and setting and like a lab because that's fucked up weird. Yeah. And mm -hmm. Yeah. Like how would you, it's, it's an ethical gray area. And like, while we can assign ethics and morals to animals, we can definitely adhere to them ourselves because that's our responsibility as like when you're taking that mantle of like research and and discovery, like that's what your that's one of your responsibilities is to not be a dick about it. <laughs> Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Yeah. Do you guys have any other questions about any that's all I have for like cute things that do terrible things. Um, but if you guys have any questions, I could totally answer them before we get into the weirdos. Oh, I want weirdos. Give me weirdos. Let's go to the weirdos. Because the cute things are apples. Weird palette can't cleanse right? So. <laughs> that's why I did them last. <laughs> and that's it for this week. Next week, we're back with Courtney while she switches gears to the oft-overlooked weirdos of the sea and some of her favorite critters. As always, notes, links, pictures, and more can be found on our website at thehumanexception.com. Make sure to follow us for all things exceptional at The Human Exception on Twitter or Facebook. And if you have an idea for an episode or you want to tell us that you were wrong or just want to say hi, you can send us the email at thehumanexception at gmail.com. Also, come join our Discord server for some additional nerdery. The link can be found on our contact page. Keep being exceptional, my humans, and watch out for that heat wave this weekend. Bye.